Starting up, zero employees, zero sales, two guys, and one big dream. That's how you start a business, and that takes a lot of pressure and a lot of purpose. We're going to talk about it next. Chad Honecker and Dan Schlitt of Ashton Packaging. Next. Hello, friends, and welcome again to Purpose Under Pressure. This is a podcast where we talk about purpose and the stories of purpose and the things that drive people to do the things that they do and the storms that rise in the business world uh, that can knock you off of yours. I am Brian Leffelock. I'm glad you're here. Let's turn it up. We are happy to have with us our guests today. They are the founders of Ashton Packaging. Ashton Packaging is a 15-year company, and so it's survived some pressure under some purpose here over some times. And uh, it's founded by our guests today. Chad Honecker is the CEO, and Dan Schlitt is the president of Ashton Packaging. I've known you guys for quite a while. I'll say hello. Welcome to, da- to uh, Purpose Under Pressure. Thanks, Brian. Thanks for having us. Good morning, Brian. Really glad you're here, and, and I'm, I'm excited to share your story because I know you two as men of purpose, people who care about not just how they do business, but how they live their lives, how they raise their kids, um, and I think that has a lot to do with what makes strong business. You know, what do you stand for? And you guys are standing for the right thing, so we're going to dive into that in a little bit. First, tell me a little bit about Ashton Packaging. 15 years in business, we're celebrating a lot of good to, to share. Let's brag a little bit. Tell me what you've built there. Yeah, thanks, Brian. So, um, you know, it's a, the background, the story is a, is actually a really good one. Dan and I met uh, in 2002, 2003-ish uh, when he came to town working for another company. And I, at the time, was was working for another company as well. And we, we created a, a, a relationship where I was buying I was buying product from him. And, and we became pretty good friends pretty quickly. Um, and it was that relationship that really spurred us to decide to um, we, we were at different points in our career. It was, a, it was an opportunity for us both to say, hey, let's, let's jump in and try this. Um, that, that overriding um, spirit of relationships has really been the driving force of our company for all 15 years. Uh, we have many customers that have been with us since the very beginning. Um, we uh, have a lot of, uh, many of our employees have been our longtime employees. Uh, and we try to, we really try to operate uh, in that space as far as helping our customers solve packaging problems uh, and building relationships that will will create a long-term opportunity for us to work together, not a one-off transactional situation. Yeah, agreed. And I think it's interesting that our relationship started the company. And I think the strength of our relationship is the relationships we have with our clients, with our employees, with our manufacturing partners, with our bankers, with our accountants. And those those relationships are the base of why we, we've been successful. It's got us through some tough times. Um, it's taught us a lot of lessons, and we felt that those relationships have really got us where we are today. Just a real simple question before we drive into those those relationships and how that affects how you built your business. What is Ashton Packaging? Who are you serving? What are you doing for people? You're the ones that are creating the boxes that we bring home the stuff in, right? Or is it shipping? What, what are you doing? It's a combination of, of all of that. So our um, officially or, or corporately, we have our, our company broke up into three different divisions. Um, our fulfillment division uh, operates as the back end of our customers. So we're receiving their product, fulfilling their orders, shipping to their customers, whether that's a, a, an individual or shipping into retail on their behalf. Um, the second part of our, of our company is our stock pack division, which is just stock packaging primarily, uh, standard size boxes, shrink wrap, bubble wrap, that kind of thing. The third division, which is really the main crux of what we do, is our custom division, which is um, really going into our customers from a packaging standpoint, 
A, we're, we're designing multi-component POP displays are going into retail. So uh, anytime you go into, really you can go into any store in, in, in Ashland or in America for that part right now, and you're going to find some of our displays. Uh, we work with consumer products companies, helping them get their product to retail. Uh, we work with manufacturing companies, help creating a package that will help their product get there safely. So it's protection area for transit packaging. Um, and there's and there's really everything in between there. Uh, if there's a, a specialty process, our custom division also would include specialty processes. So uh, a lot of customers, you know what, they need to focus on their core competencies. We are here to help them. We'll inventory their product for them. We'll go in two to three times a week, take an inventory, and make daily deliveries. So uh, a, a VMI, vendor managed inventory process. So those are really how we're helping our customers really take packaging and displays uh, off their plate and put it onto ours. Yeah. We try so to make it easy the, for them. Make it easy for people to take their products into the stores, into the retail, and get them into their customers' hands. And so where does purpose Let's, let's, let's dive into that. What is your purpose and how does purpose drive that portion of the business? How did you create Ashton Packaging while keeping your purpose alive? Talk to me about what you're trying to accomplish here. I'll, I'll start. And we, you know, from a purpose standpoint, we're, we're, we're using packaging, but I, I, it's going to be probably an overriding concept, but it still comes back to helping people. Part of our purpose when we wanted to start our company, we had a desire and how we wanted to run, manage, uh, treat employees, um, deal interact with customers um and that really has has created the three divisions i mentioned have all been created out of us addressing our customers needs and then creating something to help them satisfy that need so our purpose uh, and dan said it is to make it easy for them you know that that is that's a huge part of it um our purpose also is is beyond that and, and i mentioned it earlier from a transactional basis you know what gets us up is is the is it creating a pretty box? Well, that is that is certainly um, part of what we do and how we monetize what our primary goals are. But our primary goals are to be an extension of these companies or of their organization, to be a part of their decision-making process as they're moving down the line and trying to increase their sales, increase their profits. So um, I don't want to oversimplify it, but really our purpose is to become trusted partners of, of these folks and trusted managers of our employees and uh, et cetera. Uh, so that we can really, really help people get to the next level of success. Yeah, agreed. I think in our best situations with our clients, with our best relationships, we're looked at and perceived as their packaging department. When they are going to market with a new product, when they're needing to modify a new product for a specific retailer, they're coming to us and expecting expertise and detail, lots of questions, lots of what-ifs, and try to give them the best options, the best choices to go to retail so that they can sell their products with the most success. So, so let's talk about the things that get in the way, because it sounds like you're very committed to doing the things, things right, things that way this ways that you'd want to be treated, uh, products that you'd want to buy. Um, it sounds like that's what we're trying to make sure that people have. And, and I know that cost sometimes get in, gets in the way, logistics gets in the way, and you've got a business to run. So what kinds of things, what kind of pressures come in that kind of go at your purpose of doing things in a great way where maybe, maybe there's shortcuts or maybe there's ideas of how can we make this a little differently? What kind of pressures get in the way when you're really trying to do a good product? Well, there's, there's actually, there's, there's, tons of pressures, right? They, yeah. there are tons of things that tons of hurdles. Uh, certainly, um, cost is something that is, 
you know, the price of what we do is, is always going to be important. And um, like it or not, there's a lot of people in the market that are in the packaging uh, realm, right? So uh, the price- A lot of competition, right? There's a lot of yeah. competition. And, and so the price, you know, I always tell people that you know, the market is going to set the price. I mean, we're, we're, we're going to do our thing and we're going we're gonna to cost it for you and we're going to price it. But, but really, um, costing is not necessarily one of the huge hurdles. It's, it's the- it's the getting to the spot where uh, you truly understand your customer's business, truly understand what their pain points are, and truly understand how to help them. There are always situations, and there are several companies, and we've learned through a little bit of trial and error what companies fit us um, and mm. what companies don't. Um, and so, uh, you know, early on, we were going, there's some opportunities for, for some really, really big customers. Um, and, and I think, thankfully, at the time, it wasn't thankfully, but thankfully, those didn't really work out because uh, we're able to deal with hundreds of cu customers and help hundreds of customers. Um, and if you get the the wrong one and you drive everything down to just what a price is or just what um, you know, somebody has a full design department uh, internal and and they're every time something comes up, they're sending it out to sixteen different people at a price. That's not that's you know that's not really where we're going to succeed. Not afraid to compete on price. But that's just somebody can always do it cheaper. I mean, that's yeah, yeah. just the fact of, of of the game. Somebody can come in and give you something minus five percent, and that's just the way it is. We need to get through that and um, and know that uh, uh, we're able to provide the right service, the right product at the right price. Yeah, well said. I think you know the value proposition of what we bring is value added. We want to do more, but they have to accept our willingness to do more, and by that they have to then they have to trust us. They have to listen to our ideas in the through the sales process. Sometimes that could be difficult because they're only giving you a small window to really share with them what we're doing. So in many cases, our relationships start in a social atmosphere, meaning that we meet people that own a business and we learn their story before we start to tell our story. And we learn what's important to their business. We learn what's important to their success, their trials and tribulations. And we ask, how can we help? But we don't ask that until we built trust, until we built an understanding. Because if done too soon, we become transactional. We don't want to sell a product. We want to sell the service of making you more successful. And that takes trust. And so your purpose of serving people well and establishing that trust, you might say, takes your product out of the range of, of a commodity where anybody can get anything built at any time and done at anything and, and they just, wherever they choose tomorrow is fine. Um, you're kind of building loyalty with people who kind of mirror your purpose. Is that right? I think it's well said. And there certainly are uh, situations where people would look at uh, the corrugated, specifically because we deal in several different types of, of materials and packaging, but specifically the corrugated world becomes a, a paper by the pound kind of situation. Yeah. And, um, and you know what? There are, customers and there are other people in the packaging world that they're okay with that. And, and that's, um, you know, it's, it's, you're either, you're either going to make as much of one product and sell it to as many people as you can, or you're going to, uh, you're going to, you're going to build relationships with people and become, and, and become a long-term partner. Um, and you know, Dan mentioned it, and one thing popped in my head, I just wanted to add it. A lot of our, a lot of our growth, a lot of our customer, new customer growth comes from not just social settings with people, but being referred to you know, by we we have a variety of people that we work with and throughout the country that we've proven ourselves to them, and so 
we might not, not know these new people, but we have trust from somebody they trust. And that, that trust uh, has really been very, uh, very helpful to us and has helped us grow um, much more than, uh, you know, making a, making a cold call and trying to, trying to tell this story on a cold call. Uh, you know, it really doesn't register. you got to come in uh, with, a, with a warm greeting. So back to what you had asked before, which is what is our, what's the hurdles we have to overcome? Mm-hmm. Well, that's a big hurdle because in, in some cases you can't build that trust. And finding the ways to build that trust isn't easy. And a lot of times we're trying to find out, it's, it's a dance, so to speak, when you meet people, you know, what's important to them. And not everybody puts it right out there. And, um, mm-hmm. and sometimes you're, you spend a lot of time trying to figure out if there's a fit. And we've done that. We've, and I would say the biggest burn that we have in our company is, is how much time we spend trying to nurture a relationship that was really not ever going to be nurtured. Hmm. And we then spend a lot of time in design, project management, and sales, and even at the executive level, trying to get to the point where you find out that there really wasn't a bridge that you thought you could build. What's the easiest way to get to that spot? What gets in the way? What hides that opportunity or mask that opportunity? Is it is it desire just to help everybody and you kind of overlook? I know in the sales world, man, I can work with anybody, right? And, and Until it comes right down to it where I've got to make a choice to say yes or no. In your business, you're growing. You've been in business for 15 years. I'm going to talk about that growth over time. But is, is, there, a, is there a, how do you decide whether it's win-win or not when before you even accept that first invoice? Do you just rely on that purpose or are there other factors? Well, it takes some trust on our part. We may not know. Um, sometimes we start doing business with somebody and we're not exactly sure what the, the exact reason that, that it is. You're still searching for it. To really cement the relationship to become long-term, we take some leaps of faith by gotcha. God. Um, during the pandemic, it was difficult that we couldn't be together with people face-to-face um, to spend time talking about things that's going on in their lives to understand what's important to them. Um, so it became difficult for three years to do what we do, which is be with people. Um, but we survived that, in fact, flourished in that because the people that we were with, the long-term loyal customers flourished and we flourished with them. And that that's exciting to us. At this point in time in our company, we want to do that in a greater way and grow faster. And uh, that's some of our current goals. Are you a business owner or manager whose sales staff struggles prospecting and driving new business? Do your sellers need a serious tune-up? As the new economy grows, make sure your sales team is ready to grow your business. The Ruby Group, a Sandler sales training facility, builds well-oiled, bulletproofed sales teams. Take control of your revenue success. Email mike.jones at sandler.com. That's mike.jones at sandler.com. And don't forget, in the trenches, we don't default to our level of expertise. We default to our level of training. And now you're trying for, you know, that's what businesses do. They grow and they and, they, and the growth becomes larger and it's exponential. Um, how will you need to rely on your purpose of doing things well and match that with growing. What's the storm that's going to come that's going to kind of get in the way to say, no, you can't grow that fast, or no, you've got to grow faster? What's what's going to cause the pressure there? I think most of our, I think what we are really doing right now is it's going to be an intent focus, an intense focus on trying to grow our business, both externally with new customers and internally with customers that we already are doing business with, mm-hmm. uh, that 
maybe we're not doing all of the business with. And, um, you know, it was interesting because we, we, we did during the pandemic, it created, we, we, we did, we were, we had a very successful couple of years during the pandemic, but, um, it sort of turned off normal sales channels because mm-hmm. you, you just, it was just different. Everyone's working from home. You're, uh, you, you're not, you know, and when things are, were, were really cranked for us, we were just barely hanging, you know, we're, we're hanging on with the staff we got. I shouldn't say barely hanging on, but we're, we're hanging on because, you know, the trains are running and, uh, so now we've gotten through that and continued to be solid, but we've added some additional staff uh, that will help us hopefully um, be more efficient in our in our attack of the market. Uh, that will hopefully give us um, uh, additional opportunities uh, to get in front of these new customers or existing customers that we intend to grow with. So um, as much as anything, I don't mean to th- say like sales. I know a lot of people think sales is kind of like a faucet. You turn it on, you turn it off. It, it doesn't really work that way. Um, but uh, as the world gets back to a little bit of normalcy here and people are more willing to take uh, opportunities to look at their supply chain and figure out if there's opportunities, uh, we think there are certainly plentiful opportunities for our growth. Um, I'll talk internally. So the, to grow the business, we need to hire more people. You know, oh, one of the mantras we have is, is to amaze the customer. So we're looking to hire people that are very focused on the customer experience and carefully want to make sure that they get what they need, even when there's conflict or problems or issues. So as we want to scale our business, we're looking for employees that have the same values, that have the same interest and excitement, that get up in the morning wanting to do something special for our customers. Um, That makes it tough to hire. Um, Hard to even in an interview process to figure out exactly, do you have the same fabric that we want to have as Mm -hmm. we hire somebody on? And that's values. It's character. Um, we're not a, uh, in a scenario of short-term fixes or short-term gains. We think for the long term. We work, work with our customers to help them today, but we're thinking about how we can help them in the future. We're looking for that sort of thought with our employees. And uh, we're, as we're interviewing now, we're finding that to be difficult. Uh, everyone's having trouble with that, and I'm, I'm a firm believer that when you run your company right, the right people will come. There's only so many people out there, and so you keep doing it right, and and, and they will show up at your doorstep. I'm wondering over 15 years, what's this? What's when? When was it scariest? You started. What is that? Around 07, 08? Yeah, right? we started That's... in July of, of 2007. Which, yes, uh, which <laughs> I guess time to start. Look, yeah, if we could have looked into the uh, magic mirror and seen what was coming uh, down in 09, we might have. Uh, we might have paused, but you know, um, I'm glad you didn't. Yeah. Well, thank you. You know, there was, and that wasn't the only time there, there's a series, there's definitely a series of events through the company that, um, throughout the life of the company that have, that have been, um, you know, been challenging. Um, give me but, an example, give me an example of when it was really hard and well, you had we, to really rely on that purpose to get through. Yeah. Uh, a specific example. Um, I mean, I guess what I'll start with, I'll start, I'm going to stay with uh, the first couple of years of the company. Um, yeah. The first couple of years of the company, when we were getting started, we, we didn't have a customer. We didn't acquire a company. We started from from ground zero with zero sales, um, zero zero employees, and and just a couple of ideas. And, uh, you know, and every, every startup uh, kind of has the same story when, you know, we were basically living off of our own uh, savings, if you will, uh, for the first couple of years. And so... You know, it, when you when when you go home and tell the family, 
you know, um, and Dan was in the packaging world. I, I was not. I was an accountant uh, who who came through the publishing world. So, uh, you know, going to the family, I'm gonna I'm gonna quit this job and I'm gonna start a packaging company. You know, by the way, I'm not gonna take a salary for two years and it's gonna be okay. <laughs> um, you know, so sure. you know, you got to have a lot of trust and that purpose of I'm. This is you know, um, we know, uh, you know, we we prayerfully considered what we're gonna do. We, we, we went through the we went through the, the the goods the bads and we both just really felt deeply that this was going to be the right thing to do um you know I think we had sales of forty six thousand dollars our first year or something I'm sales not not profit sales of forty six thousand dollars so um that barely covers the electric bill doesn't it yeah thankfully we were we, yep. we started down in the Caristar building here in, in Ashland which is a uh, which was kind of an incubator so it was you know, it was low cost. low cost, and that was we were able to get a little bit of space, and we did, and we got a couple of uh, people to help us, a couple of our first employees that helped us. And you know, when when you're focused on where you're gonna be um, and not where you are, that that kept the intent of that that kept that purpose focus alive. Because if you were focused on where you were, we would have looked at each other and said, "What in the world? What are we doing? I mean, this not gonna is, work." You know, um, because it wasn't again. You don't start on July and by July on July first and by July tenth have a hundred customers and you're ready to rock. I mean, it takes, it takes time. And, uh, uh, you know, that's, that, that, that really was a big part of, of, of how we got to where we were is those first couple of years, really, really, really digging in and seeing where we could go. So I'll, was uh, there ever a time, can I follow up real quick, Dan, was there ever a time where you thought you made the wrong decision, Chad, and maybe said, you know, I'm going to head back into that accounting world. That, this is nuts. No, there wasn't. Um, Good. there were some, Good. there were definitely, there were definitely some challenging times, some sleepless nights, some, uh, you know, staring, staring at the sky saying, okay, what do we do now? But, uh, um, not a time where I thought, man, this is, this is not it. Uh, not, not, not a single time. Dan, what about you? So, uh, I'll go fast forward a little farther in our story of our company. And, um, along the way we had to grow, we had made an acquisition, brought on another partner, um, then had another partner, the big, a big manufacturing partner. And all the way, that helped us grow, helped us learn, made us better. We failed some. We grew some. We learned some. But about 2018, Chad and I decided we wanted to buy the company back and own it again ourselves. Mm. Um, we needed to be firmly rooted in what our purpose was and confident that we could. Um, for me... I was probably more scared than he was because he's done a lot of deals, buying and selling and working with people to get in and out of financial relationships. But um, it was a scary time. And we, it took us a year to make that happen. But all the way along, we had to look at each other and trust that we were doing the right thing and that the conversations were going to result in a spot in which we were betting again on ourselves. And uh, that's, brought us back to where we were in 2006 when we had the idea. And it probably gives us more, I know for me, more pride in where we are now because we did that. And I'm interested, if you don't mind sharing, Dan, what was the cause? You have your purpose. You knew what you wanted to build. You expanded, brought in, partner. Now you wanted to go back. Was it that you were falling off of what you wanted to build, that purpose that you had, the vision was straying a little bit? Is that what it was? Yeah, their purpose, um, our other very large partner, their purpose was much different than ours. Yes. And so you stuck we, to yours. Yeah, we stuck to ours. We really felt that we have something special here and we can grow it. And um, we wanted to stand on our own two feet and grow it. And 
Um, it took some time, but we got there again. And on that day, a month after we closed it, um, the whole world shut down (laughs) with COVID. That was a COVID closed deal. Everybody got sent home. And we didn't at that point had no idea (laughs) what did we do and did we just dig a big hole that we're going to sleep in for a little while. So, um, fortunately that. And so on that day, were you happy or sad that you did it? That you stuck to your guns and stuck to your purpose because you've kind of shot yourself in the foot a little bit short term, right? Was that a good move or a bad at that time? What'd you think when you went to bed that night? Uh, uh, which, which night, the day we got the deal done or the day that the co- that, that everything got shut down? You know, both. The day you got the deal <laughs> done and felt that exuber- yeah. probably exhilaration, I imagine. It was fantastic, and then, yeah, for sure. And then everything went south. Yeah, that whole switch there. That's called a storm, and that's what this show's all about. Yeah, totally excited the night it happened. We were couldn't have been happier with the scenario. Couldn't have been happier celebrating that. The reality is, is when things were happening, we didn't understand what COVID was going to do to us and how it was going to affect us. But we had trust in each other that it didn't matter. We're going to get through it together. And that's what, you know, again, we pulled up our bootstraps and said, how is this going to happen? And how are we going to affect um, our own future? And those were long conversations. Yeah. I mean, we did what, what probably everybody did to a certain degree is, okay, um, let's figure out, can we be, what was, the, what was the terminology? Essential. Essential. Can we be essential? Can we stay open or do we, is it or, or not, um, be, uh, of our customers, which of our customers are going to, I mean, you, you get, you get into the weeds really, really quick in a situation like that. And, yep. and we're not, you know, we have a great team of employees and we're not really in the weeds on a daily basis. Um, but there was, there was about a month there, March of 2019 that, um, we were li- we were living in the weeds trying to figure out what was going to happen, um, and it was a uh, you know th- th- thankfully uh, for us and I and I and I don't say I know a lot of companies were really really hurt by that process and I and I and I feel and I feel for them and I and I, I I can't even imagine but for us we had about a month of uneasiness and then several of our customers immediately um, just they their their volume increased substantially and um, yep. it was really through no. Uh, it was it was a God thing. It wasn't through us. We didn't do anything different. It just happened, uh, right. and um, and and it, and it turned out to be a uh, it turned out to what could have been the worst time turned out to be the best time. Well, you prove my hypothesis, which which is that when you stand on purpose and your purpose is to help people and to do the right way, when those kinds of calamities hit. That's people need people like you to help them do those things. And and so I, um, it is a God thing, but I think that's what purpose is. And so uh, real quick question, and then we're going to wrap it up because I'm just interested. I know you guys as fierce business people and fathers and, and citizens, but I also see you extremely calm and I've never once seen you riled up. And I'm wondering, <laughs> does anything get you riled up behind the scenes? And what does that look like under pressure? Very, what happens very to rarely, you guys? Very yeah, rarely. Um, I don't. Uh, I mean, I. I don't remember us really even having if it was between us or or with our employees. I mean, there's um, there's really not a lot of good that comes from losing your cool. I think one of the the things that that we we both generally can do well is, you know, what if something something's really got you going, you know, to 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 go to go cool down for a half hour before we discuss it. Yeah. And I think that yeah. uh, you know we talk about it all the time. We're both married, both both have families, but you know our relationship is um, you know is similar to that, right? I mean, we have uh, financial issues that we have to discuss together. We have employee issues that we have to discuss, and we and, and we get to a spot that um, 
that we both agree. Uh, we don't always start out agreeing, uh, but certainly, uh, certainly we get there in the end. Well, yeah. so I'll comment to that. So we're both same in the fact that we're passionate people. Um, he, I call him a gentle giant when I speak of him to other people about my partner. And he is a gentle giant and he absorbs a lot of the stress that goes on around him. I tend to exude it. And um, we play off of each other and we, uh, I don't know, I tend to be a little bit more outgoing with the stress that's going on around it. And behind closed doors, he always reins me in and we always find a path together. And uh, it's been an exciting part of what we do. Well, you're amazing entrepreneurs. You're amazing people. I, I appreciate your sharing the story with us. If someone wanted to reach out to you to learn about your company, to, to learn about entrepreneurialism, just to learn about uh, whatever they might want to check out with you about, how would, how would they find you? How would they find you? Well, you can go to our website, uh, www.ashton.com, or you can call us at 419-289-7181. Chad Honecker, Dan Schlitt. Ashton Packaging, 15 years and 15 more to come. And who knows what the next will bring, but as long as you stand on your purpose, um, you'll withstand those pressures and grow greatly. Thank you very much for being a guest on Purpose Under Pressure. Thank you, Brian. Thanks, Brian. Appreciate it. Purpose Under Pressure is brought to you by Brian Media Strategies, providing brand building strategies for small business growth on target, on budget, and on purpose. You can check out brianmediastrategies.com for more of these Purpose Under Pressure podcasts, um, or you can contact me there. I am Brian Leffelock. This is Purpose Under Pressure. Thank you both for Ashton Packaging. We'll see you again next week on Purpose Under Pressure. Turn it up. <laughs>